This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The performances have been there. Um, There has been an inconsistency. You know, since our COVID break, we know that. Um, but to finish 11th in the league, which is where we will finish now, is an improvement of six places. And, you know, that's we've only bringing five players in. So really pleased in general with how the players have performed and, and improved. And, you know, that will continue. We've passed some clubs along the way, which you have to do to improve. Um, you know, we... we pretty much built a brand new squad and finished 17th and we've added five players to that and um, you know four, four of them permanent one on loan and finishing six places and as you say at the moment 17 points above that is is a really good achievement but we want more because we we were in a really good position um, in January and we've pri- probably you know dropped a little certainly in our performance levels and our results in the second half of the season and uh, it's that consistency that we want to to go and push to be a top eight team Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's something for the weekend time. Joining me, David Michael, is Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome back. Hello, mate. How you doing? All right. Last game of the season. Incoming. Bring it on. Looking forward to it? I am looking forward to being back. First time you'll get to see players like Ollie Watkins yeah, in the flesh. And so Emily there's Martinez, etc. There's novelty value for you. Uh, this is uh, something for the weekend, which is our short, sharp show uh, for the weekend game. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, the full latest full podcast uh, this is not it so uh, I was going to say uh, listen to episode blah 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 but it's not out yet <laughs> it's slightly delayed but it will be out uh, in a very similar time slot to this one what number is it is it 148 quite possibly quite possibly 148 <laughs> Right, uh, the way we like to uh, kick things off here is to uh, get the Villa Week uh, in context, and since time is money, money is time, uh, we like to do it in one minute. So, uh, over to you, Mr. Chris Bud, for the Villa Minutes. Do you want counting in? As always. Are you ready? I am steady. Are you steady? Three, two, one, go. 
The week starts as Villa once again do their 90-minute Jekyll and Hyde routine. First half good, second half shit. McGinn's sublime goal and other from our goals he are wasted as Palace win 3-2. Things improve for Villa when they return to London three days later for potentially Harry Kane's final home game. Villa's man of the match, Reguilon, chips in with an assist and a wonder goal to give the visitors a rare win at Spurs. The home fans aren't happy with Villa spoiling Kane's leaving do and boo their once great Super League team at the break and full-time. Promising debuts from the cool, calm and collected Chuck Mueca and Philogene Bidas are a glimpse into Villa's future. Villa are confirmed 11th place for the season. Wolves get rid of Nuno Espirito Santo because they finished even lower than Villa. Hashtag mind the gap. Villa's season isn't quite over yet. They go into the final day with a chance of spoiling the top four party for Chelsea with 10,000 fans back inside Villa Park, while the following day the youth team play Liverpool at Villa Park with a chance of winning their first youth cup since 2002. Go on, the lads. Go on, lads. Very good. This uh, this podcast is fueled on silverware, so we need the youth team to uh, provide the fuel to keep us going for another season. We we can't survive on eleventh place. We need silverware in the trophy cabinet. So uh, good luck, lads, uh, against Liverpool uh, at Villa Park. Speaking of Villa Park, uh, the final game of the season takes place there against Chelsea. Dean Smith has done his uh, press conference. Uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of changed the tune. In terms of where we finished, obviously we were confirmed in 11th place. Uh, what's he say? He says, to finish 11th, which is where we will finish now, is an improvement of six places, and that's with only bringing five players in. I'm very pleased in general with how the players have performed and improved. That will continue. They were aiming top half. I mean, there's no doubt about that. If you if you go through the early interviews, that's exactly where where they would tick it off as a, a successful season. So there's a little bit of resignation here in terms of uh, okay, well, it is obviously an improvement. I mean, that's an improvement, but bringing in five players to go up six places, uh, it's more like how much money you spent to do that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think they're very aware, aren't they? As most people with a moderate view are, there's, there's huge progress, lots of positives, but there's also a real frustrating sense of what could have been. Yeah, and there's, there's a bit of concern as well in terms of the consistency of... Yeah. Uh, performances you can uh, you know you can play the Grealish card and say well missing Grealish was obviously going to uh, cost us a you know a couple of places at least and yeah. that's true but also we can't rely on just one player because uh, you know if he gets injured again and this is the fourth out of the last five seasons where he's missed maybe a third of the season mm-hmm. uh, this is something that needs addressing and you need a squad strong enough to you know have a uh, a backup plan yeah uh, also in the uh, the press, uh, he, he made a point of highlighting uh, Thomas Tuchel's uh, away record since he's been at Chelsea. Incredible. Which, uh, well, it's not that incredible. He's only played eight games. I mean, he's won six, drawn two. But when you put it in the light of what, I mean, we mentioned this last week, uh, in light of what other, you know, what teams, what the trend has been for away form, most, most teams away form is their home form, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Villa certainly have uh, done better on their travels and have actually lost more games at Villa Park than they've won. So, uh, but he's made a point of highlighting that and and saying that you know the team will be going hell for leather to put an end to it, which uh, is a bit of a negative way to create motivation, isn't it? 
We must well, end his record. Yeah, well, I think it's. Um, I, th- I think having ten thousand fans back in the ground will make yeah. you know a huge difference to that. And I think he said as much, didn't he? He said there'll be an additional motivation for the players just having the fans yeah. back, and hopefully they, you know, after the, the momentum that the Spurs win will give them, having Jack back, etc., etc., they'll really want to end on a high and end what's been ultimately a positive season in a in a positive manner. Yeah, I think that's the the main the main thing here. If you want motivation, it's like you know, do it for those. Uh, hearty souls for the 10,000 that are back uh, I mean he, as he made an interesting point I mean as I, I just said uh, you know a lot of pretty much uh, most of those 10,000 have not seen some of these players play before and uh, you know a lot of the players families haven't seen their you know the likes of Martinez and Ollie Watkins play at Villa Park either so uh, it's kind of a, a, a new experience for, for a lot of people mm-hmm. and that's you know that's all the motivation you need I mean I would have been more concerned if there was no fans uh, playing Chelsea because Chelsea have obviously got a way of playing now uh, in terms of a way which which is very very effective mm-hmm. but those 10,000 give us a chance I think it might I mean it'll either be a damp squid because Chelsea are thinking about uh, the Champions League final I don't think they will be there but then again they've still got to make sure of their place in the top four haven't they they have because I mean it's not a guarantee bearing in mind they've beaten City the last two times they've played them and City made a lot of changes on those days the final I think will be a very different game and it's not a banker that they'll be in the Champions League you know obviously Leicester they play Spurs don't they and Liverpool have got an easy game so the the pundits etc have said Chelsea have got the hardest game of the three yeah, because you don't know what Villa you're going to get. It's still a team. Now Grealish is back. It's, it's still a team that's capable of beating uh, anybody anyone, on their yeah. day. And uh, I think with the fans coming back, it will give uh, the Villa players a chance for one last hurrah. Yeah, agreed. Meanwhile, I mean, mentioning uh, the Spurs game uh, just quickly, I mean, my main takeaway from that was, apart from Spurs were woeful, which... Uh, I was quite surprised by was uh, it's it's another it's another scalp in terms of improving our mentality for next season. I mean, this is like Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs we've beaten now. Yeah, there was always something of a mental block in recent years since we've been going through a bad patch. That uh, these are games that we're not expecting to get points from, but going into next season, uh, we've now shifted that mentality to these are games that we can get points from. So uh, that bodes well. Yeah, in terms of our evolution, uh, no, we played we played really well, didn't we? I thought we took the game to Spurs really well. If anything, uh, the, the frustration was probably with a little bit of a lack of a clinical edge in the penalty area. We could have actually been either home and, home and dry by half-time or certainly yeah. finished them off in the second half, couldn't we? Yeah, I mean, against Palace, uh, at least we were creating chances. They created a shitload of chances, but we also uh, created a lot of chances. So the way we went about the Spurs game, that is... You know, it's on the list, isn't it, of things to address in the preseason? Is yeah, we've got to put stick away our chances because then that moves us up another level because we're creating them. I think we're the third. I mean, we were the top team uh, in the early first half of the season for creating chances. I think now we're fourth at the moment, which is still pretty good when you look at the decline we've had since Christmas. Yeah, no, exactly. So there's there's room for improvement, like, you know, legitimate room for improvement. I mean, we'll talk about more of where we stand in, in uh, the podcast to come over the preseason, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a, a good thing. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, so on to uh, the next uh, segment, which is uh, the fat stats going into uh, the Chelsea game. I think the main thing is... uh, It's it's like most teams now, isn't it? We've got these poor records, historical recent records against them. I mean, the last time... The the so-called bigger teams, yeah. I mean, I I remember even when we were poor, you know, going back to the Lambert years, uh, we had this amazing thing that Mourinho hadn't won at Villa Park ever. And this spanned over seven, eight games, something like that. Something like that, yeah. I mean, finally they broke us down. Uh, That was inevitable. It's it's like fighting a good fight that you know you're going to lose in the end. But uh, but the last time we won was old uh, Fabian Delft's little. Cheeky flick, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a great goal. Really good game, that actually. I'm sure didn't Chelsea finish with nine men that day? They had two red cards as well. Yeah, uh, but we've only won one of the last twelve against them in you know in all. Yeah, which is uh, a bit bit of a shocker. So just adding to what I've just said about beating uh, teams and improving our mentality going into such games. I mean, I think it'd be big to beat Chelsea uh, last yeah. game. Especially to beat one of the so-called big, big teams, but when they're actually in really good form. You know, obviously Liverpool. It was quite early in the season when we beat them. Arsenal were pretty wretched when we beat them, as were Spurs. But Chelsea are actually, they look a, a pretty good side at the minute. Yeah, I mean, the, the concern is, I mean, they uh, continue this uh, away form as the new home form uh, overall uh, mm-hmm. in the season. Well, overall in 2021, I mean, uh, obviously the current manager is unbeaten, but they've played 10, won seven, drawn one, lost one. So I think it's the fourth best away record mm-hmm. in the Premier League uh, this year. But the interesting thing is when you look at uh, possession stats, they have the third highest in the league after City and Liverpool on 58.4%. And they actually have more of the ball when they're away from home. They have 582 which is the second highest in the league after Manchester City, which shows you what kind of afternoon uh, you're going to be in for if you're going to Villa Park. It's a hit, hit, hit on the break kind of game, which probably suits Villa actually at the moment. Yeah, no, exactly. But I thought... Chelsea had a, a bit of that in them, considering how good their uh, away record is. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, it's they're built uh, in a different way. Yeah, they do create chances as well. I mean, their shots per game is uh, the third highest in the league, and Villa's a, a fifth, fourteen point four for Chelsea, thirteen point nine for Villa. Which would suggest it, it should be a good game, if not potentially tight. But it could be both teams give it a go. Yeah, I mean, since it's there is certain games, uh, certain like once you know you, you you know football over the years, there's certain types of games for the last game of the season. One could be like the nil nil, 
you know, Chelsea are concentrating on the uh, the Champions League. You know, sometimes these games fizzle out nil nil. But I think Chelsea, if they get a point, it's not going to be enough. So uh, they're going to have to go out and win this. I don't see them resting too many players because they'd ideally they'd have. I mean, they they dropped a butt bollock, didn't they, when they uh, lost against Arsenal? Because yeah, that, that was their slip up. You think that's, that's that game really got got them over the line? They could have just waltzed up to Villa Park played a changed team and uh, that might have been a more interesting game uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time if Villa uh, you know Villa have got to impress their fans Chelsea have got to get a win out of this it could turn into a bit of a barnstormer because sometimes last games of the season you know you, that's when you get your three threes your four threes they throw up some crazy results don't they yeah it's like this, the first game of the season where you know everybody doesn't know exactly how the other teams are and they haven't actually settled in so you get these kind of random games I'm kind of hoping for that I'd rather oh, right, be, I'd rather it be a barnstormer win or lose than uh, Chelsea just squ- keep possession and just squeezes uh, 1-0 and that's it mm-hmm. I mean while we're looking at the stats interestingly I mean we, we've we've said that Villa are too nice and I think you even said that they're more like in the image of the, you know, the manager, aren't they? Yeah, a little, to a certain extent, yeah. But when you look at the aggression table, uh, Villa, which calculates how many yellow cards and red cards, we're actually the third most, uh, yeah. in terms of picking up yellow cards, we've got the third most yellow cards and reds combined. Maybe that just says we're not very good at tackling. <laughs> yeah, 60 yellows, four reds. Uh, the two teams above us, Sheffield United and Fulham, uh, Sheffield United, I think we've got 70 uh, yellow cards, but both of those teams have got three reds, so uh, less than Villa. But yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. That's more like it's not being nasty, it's just being indisciplined, I think. I would say so, because I, I don't think Villa have, have got that knack of... Um, They're not picking up tactical yellows, no, are they, that's really? that's what I mean. It's... It's, they're just bad fat. I mean, you look at, you know, the, for example, the two Matty Cash yellows when he got sent off against City. Yeah. That, that kind of sums up where, where our one has been. Yeah, and that, that's just naivety and indiscipline as opposed yeah. to uh, toughness and, and aggression. Yeah, agreed. agreed. To quote uh, what they called it. Right, before we uh, leave, we like to end with a burning uh, question. This is something that you could answer over a whole podcast. And we probably will. And we'll probably do it later on, but uh, we will answer it as short and sharp. It's something that came up in the uh, the presser for uh, Dean Smith. How do you view the shape of Villa's squad? Uh, I mean, I'll give you Dean Smith's answer first. I look at our team and from Martinez, Cash, Target, Konza, Tyron Mings, they're all improving. In front of them, you've got McGinn, Grealish, Watkins, Trory. It's a squad that's getting better and better. That's a positive outlook for me. We've had an injury to Jack this season where we lost him for 13 games and that's been pivotal to where we've finished in the league. It's all about, I mean, this is one thing that some fans forget. The here and now is we still have the youngest, on average, the youngest starting lineup in the whole Premier League. And this is a team that's been built for the midterm, been bought essentially for the midterm future. So it's, the idea is it's going to improve every season they play because you know for most of these guys actually that we've signed it's their first season in the Premier League and for some of them their first their first season in the you know in England as well yeah and uh, a lot of these players and he, he didn't mention Louise there which was interesting but no. uh that means he's going. He's going back to City. Uh, no, joking aside, you know, he's like, was he 22? And a lot of these guys are early 20s, Yukonzas uh, as well. So it's there's, there's so much more upside. So I think these players next season, after that season's experience, are going to be better for it. And uh, the additions 
you know, you're not looking at wholesale change. I don't think. I think it's again, it will be uh, it'll be like the three players to improve squad depth rather than six or seven. I think it's a it's a balancing thing this summer. We, you know, we know that the likes of Al Mohammadi, Taylor are going to be out the door. Heaton probably and quite possibly yeah, Borahan as well. Yeah. So you would think you're going to have to juggle some quality. You know, we want to improve, so you want that little bit of glitter in in the side that really makes you better. So that's probably two or three very good players, and they'll cost you. But then you're also going to need to either promote some of the younger lads through as backup, and you're going to need some squad players as well. I think we need like a piece of steel in the midfield. So yeah. whoever's injured, it doesn't matter as long as he's not injured. <laughs> yeah. Because like it's basically your fulcrum. So if Grealish is out, it, you've still got that fulcrum in the middle there, whoever it, whoever it be. Because you just feel a bit lightweight when you haven't got. I mean, you know, with Grealish, you're still lightweight in there. You're relying on us to be sharp on the, the on the counter, yeah, and and clever in there. It's not as if we can outmuscle any team. And no, I think you I mean, you're, you're looking for that sort of Yaya Torre player who can you know run a game for you with the ball. Doesn't have to be necessarily be flashy, but be, can be creative if needs be, and just be a physical presence in the middle because we're not a tall team obviously McGinn's not the tallest Louise isn't the Canberra isn't they can all do yeah. a job but you'd, it'd be nice to have sort of like when we had you know Gareth Barry in there you know a player who can do a little bit of everything um, and, and take some of the pressure off yeah and, and just somebody to stop us being overrun which has yeah. happened in certain games in the midfield and that you know there's certain games you can pull up you know whether it's that first game against Leeds you know the Burnley game and you know even the second half in Palace as well uh, where you just put them on the drawing board and you go, right, how, what kind of player do we need to stop in midfield to stop this happening to us? And then if you can get him in, but we, you know, we've obviously bought Sanson, but I don't, I don't know if that's the, if he's just an, another one of those kind of players that we've got rather than something completely different to give us a bit of bite. Because I remember in Grealish's interview when he mentioned Sanson, when Sanson just came in and hadn't played yet, he said uh, he was bought in to give us more bite in the midfield an aggression and yet to see that that's the kind of player we're talking about you know we've just been talking about now that we need mm-hmm. but there's there's no evidence that it's coming from him at this moment not yet i mean it'd be it'd be an interesting summer and a, a you know an important first sort of 3 4 months of the season for him next year yeah right anyway we'll uh, discuss this uh, in greater depth uh, in future podcasts uh, over the next few weeks please do if you haven't signed up already uh, to become a my old man said patron uh, I'll do the sh- uh, shout outs for new uh, patrons uh, in the next proper podcast but uh, just go to myomansaid.com and uh, click on uh, the the patron link there we'll be doing match club uh, throughout the euros as well maybe a few impromptu meetups as well in uh, through that uh, as well as uh, getting more regular with uh, the extra podcasts as well so it's a bit of a backlog at the moment to be honest over the last uh, week or two there's chris bird's after hours sessions as well which uh, <laughs> there may be one next week as well Anyway, and, uh, until then, you've got to prepare your packed lunch for Villa Park on... I've got to get my sealed clear bag like going on a plane. <laughs> what else do you have to take? Um, what else do you have to bring? Face mask. Documents. Documents. I've got to take my uh, bank statement. I've got to take, <laughs> you name it, <laughs> utility bill. It's not easy getting into Villa Park nowadays. My entire booking history. Um, <laughs> my boots just in case. Change of underwear. Toothbrush. <laughs> You name yeah. it. So what happens when you win the ballot? You've got to prove that you're actually worthy to win it. <laughs> right, anyway, good luck with that. And uh, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.